Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on the 8th of February, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up, the latest Indiana farm news. C.J. Miller reporting on policy priorities for Indiana agribusinesses. And Eric Pfeiffer with an update on fertilizer availability this year. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says dry weather today is the calm before the storm. And Tuesday, the markets went lower. We have numbers and analysis with Brian Basting on this USDA Report Day here on the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Policy priorities for Indiana's agribusinesses, and is now the time to lock in that fertilizer price. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. As state lawmakers are putting together a budget to cover the next two years, the Agribusiness Council of Indiana is among the groups pushing for more funding for Indiana's ag and animal health agencies. C.J. Miller has the story. We want to make sure we have the best interests of agriculture at heart. And that's Bruce Kettler, the new president and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana, or ACI for short. Kettler says his organization is asking lawmakers to increase state funding for several ag agencies, including Kettler's previous place of employment. We are watching the State Department of Agriculture budget. Of course, that budget goes through the governor's office into the governor's budget, and then we'll see how it gets adjusted from there. The Board of Animal Health is looking, uh, we think about meat processors and the whole concern that we had during the pandemic with the ability to be able to get meat processed. Some of the small meat processors are looking to get some appropriations or maybe some things that go through there. So that may not affect ACI as directly, but obviously we'll want to see what and how that can affect uh, our members. Kettler says he's also been in touch with Indiana's lawmakers on Capitol Hill to give input on federal ag policies and the 2023 Farm Bill. We have had conversations directly with Senator Braun a couple of weeks ago. He asked about Farm Bill priorities and what that would look like for our membership. He asked about foreign land ownership. He's got some stuff he's working on there. We haven't been able to formalize our response yet, but we're close to doing that with Senator Braun's office. Even though Kettler has only been with ACI for a little more than a month, he says he's looking forward to taking his experience, having served as director of the Indiana State Department of Agriculture, to help advocate for Indiana's ag businesses. It's a tremendous industry. It's one that we all love. And now being able to be in this role and advocate for those that support, supply, 
and help our farmers become the most productive, most efficient in the world. It's just an honor, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You can hear more of my interview with ACI President and CEO Bruce Kettler and read more about the ACI's policy priorities at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller. If you haven't locked in a price on fertilizer, decision time is looming. Prices remain elevated due to global conditions. Supply concerns were the major culprit for high prices last year, but many say the fertilizer industry cried wolf, with the situation not nearly as bad as what was initially feared. I don't want to do that a second year in a row, but I am somewhat concerned that the grower has not made a lot of decisions about what he wants from a nitrogen standpoint, and we're going to be planting corn in, and call it 80 days. That's Stonex Financial Risk Management Consultant Matt Blaisdell. He says he's not concerned about a lack of supplies, but just-in-time fertilizer may not be just-in-time instead a day or two later with heightened demand just prior to planting. Blaisdell also weighs in on where he thinks fertilizer prices are headed. He says that more than anything, fertilizer markets hate it when there's no new news to talk about. And it's been that way since the holidays. Markets have really chugged lower, and I think that's going to uh, come to an end. Could we move lower in the next couple weeks? I think that's possible, if, especially if we have a grower that still hasn't came to the demand uh, and bought some stuff. But I think our, our downward slide largely has made its move, and we start to much go much more sideways, maybe even an uptick higher. For in-season fertilizer options, Blaisdell gives his advice. Especially if you're an hydra side dresser, uh, I, I'm much more uh, okay keeping your head on a swivel and waiting to make that decision to see if we do get lower prices. I think supplies will be there, so I'm not worried about that. Um, I'm mixed on what making that decision. If you're UAN is your uh, nitrogen choice for side dress, um, I, I think what it makes sense to do is uh, what I like to do is look at the ratios. So what does it take? Uh, how many bushels of corn does it take to, to cover your uh, fertilizer bill? And if that ratio, and you look back at previous years, and that ratio is in an advantageous area, I'm not going to tell a guy that he should Lock that in. Blaisdell spoke Tuesday at the First Farmers Bank and Trust Ag Summit at Purdue's Ross 8 Stadium. You can hear my full interview with him at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be. That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day -day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. We've got a dry day here in the Hoosier State. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. This is the calm before the storm. A significant area of precipitation lifting northeastward will move across Indiana tomorrow. But today, we are mild. We see sunshine and some fair weather clouds, but just really not a bad setup at all. Strong thunderstorms are already trying to fire off down to our southwest over parts of east Texas, Arkansas, so on and so forth. That low pressure area will move to the northeast out of northeast Texas across western Illinois and into eastern Wisconsin move through your Thursday. As it does so, that will take the heaviest precipitation and keep it a little bit farther to our west. Still, though, for Thursday, tomorrow, we are looking at anywhere from a half to one and a half inches of rain with coverage at 100% across the Hoosier State. And lots of moisture around. Now, I think the moisture winds down. We're starting to get dry slow.
slotted by mid to late afternoon on Thursday. And then we have to deal with some wraparound backside moisture overnight Thursday night Friday. That's in a cooler air mass, so at this point I will not rule out some sloppy wet snowflakes. I don't think it's a big event at all, but I just would be remiss if I tried to rule that out. We have a cool Canadian high pressure that sits over the top of us on Friday afternoon and Saturday, so we're a little bit cool to start the weekend. And then we see temperatures moderate up the backside of that high for Sunday. Temperatures stay mild for next week, Monday, Tuesday. And we have another significant rainmaker moving through at midweek next week. Wednesday, we see rain anywhere from a quarter to one inch with coverage at 100% of Indiana. This time, we stay warm behind that rain through the Thursday time frame and look at another weather system maybe trying to come in from the west with colder air at the end of the week. Friday the 17th into Sunday the 18th, temperatures may dive southward very, very quickly, be very cold for a few days before bouncing back as we move into the following week. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Lower grains and oil seeds ahead of USDA's Wednesday update. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Tuesday Farm Market Review. It's brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance, it's in their genetics. Tuesday's final numbers coming up. First, market analysis, which I secured at the end of trade from Brian Basting with Advanced Trading. Brian, we did have a little bit of movement here and there, mainly beans and Chicago wheat. Some other markets as well, like the dollar index, strong early and then falling off later in trade. But very strong crude oil futures bouncing around a bit in the equity markets. So, a lot of back and forth, and in the case of grains and oil seeds, positioning perhaps for the USDA reports coming at noon Eastern time on Wednesday? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Andy, with your final comment. There's a lot happening today, but with regards to corn, soybeans, and wheat, a lot of the focus will be on Wednesday's uh, monthly supply-demand report, as you said. Uh, a lot of interest in uh, several factors. The South American production estimates for corn and beans will be updated uh, we'll be lucky for some smaller estimates from Argentina uh, relative to last month due to the, to the drought in that country. Uh, uncertain about Brazil, uh, bias might be the USDA will leave those unchanged this month, but a lot of attention there uh, in, in South America regardless. Um, the other thing that we're going to be watching is um, export business. Uh, the export pace of corn continues to be anemic. Uh, relative to the annual USDA forecast. Now, having said that, we've seen sales pick up a bit, but uh, the, the actual pace of exports to, uh, so far does not justify that USDA estimate. So will the USDA tweak down that number tomorrow? Uh, certainly is in the, is in the, uh, under the heading of possibilities. We've seen the market back off here, perhaps in, t- in anticipation of that. Um, Otherwise, uh, a, a bit of a wild card may be that uh, the soybean market is seeing strong exports, but the crush pace is suffering a bit in terms of domestic meal offtake. Um, so there's a case that could be made that maybe some uh, increase in exports could be offset by a reduction in, in the uh, soybean uh, crush. But regardless, in a nutshell, yes, uh, the tension is, is squarely on the supply demand report. Then we'll shift back to South American weather. And historically, is that much of a market mover, the February report? Historically, no, but every year is different. And I'd remind your listeners that 2023 is is a dynamic year because of these high prices. We've never seen prices this high at this time of year. 
or at least rarely. I'm thinking it to, my, it to myself, maybe one year around 2011 or so, they were pretty close. But regardless, it's it's pretty rare air, if you will, that we're seeing prices this high. So um, obviously they're there for a reason, fundamentally. So I don't want to just uh, you know, become bearish out of hand, but I just remind your listeners that at these high levels, uh, there, there seems to be more risk to the downside. Perfect example is you and I visited the other day about China. We came in here Sunday night after the balloon incident, of course, and we saw soybeans lose about 15 cents and backed off a bit further today. So maybe taking some bit of the risk, uh, some uh, premium out of the market there that maybe China may have some issues with importing U.S. beans. But no indication of that yet, no cancellations and and a healthy uh, lifting total in Monday's um, USD report, but just something that to remind your listeners, uh, an event like that could certainly have major repercussions. And that movement you referred to in soybeans is a South American weather update supportive of that push down on beans also? Somewhat, yeah. There is some hot and dry weather in Argentina this week, but the long the market always looks ahead, and it's looking ahead to next week now, uh, the week of February 13th, and there is more moisture moving into Argentina around Monday the 13th to Wednesday the 15th of next week. I'd remind your listeners that roughly uh, mid-February in in, uh, South America, specifically Argentina, mid-February is roughly mid-August in in the Midwest. And we all know how important those rains in mid-August are to pod set, pod fill for our beans here in the Midwest. So that's how critical the market's watching that. The other thing I'd add, Andy, is that they're getting a open week for the most part for soybean harvesting in, in northern Brazil. reason that's important is because it's been a slow harvest so far, slowed by rain. But they are highly motivated at the moment to get those beans out. And um, each time that they, they get those beans out, that narrows that window for the U.S. export uh, prospects. But uh, to add fuel to that uh, uncertainty, though, next week is supposed to get wet again in northern Argentina. So... Uh, it's a lot of back and forth movement here, Andy. We'll see what the USDA tells us tomorrow. Then we'll shift back to South American weather uh, and, and with keeping China in, in our sights, too. That's economist Brian Basting from Advance Trading. The number there, 309-664-2314. Now the Wednesday settlements a nickel lower on March corn. It goes to 674 and May drops to 673 off four and three quarters. Six points down, March beans, 15.15 and a quarter and 15.10 and a quarter May contract. It settled down four and a quarter. Fractionally lower on the front month March and May wheat contracts, fractionally higher on the deferreds. March wheat, 749 and three quarters, down a half cent. Over in the livestock markets mixed, April live cattle, 163.60, down 87. April lean hogs, 83.27, up 55. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Market Review. This is Who's Your Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.